0: Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host. Along with my co-hosts, Anne Sari and Concetta Antonelli, we share our own personal experiences, tips and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire, and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom.
1: Hearts Rise Up listeners, welcome to another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Anne Sari, and joining me today are co-founders for Hearts Rise Up, Carol Chapman and Concetta Antonelli. We are coming to you from Georgia and France. Here we are six months into the COVID-19 worldwide experience. We've gone through a lot of emotions and the current situations with civil unrest, with uncertainty about schools across the world, uncertainty about what's going to happen next, where the virus is going to go next, what the possible solutions are, how it's affected our lives, has really brought us to a situation of experiencing the stages of grief. So whether we've lost a loved one, we've lost a job, we've lost the ability to socialize as we used to, we've lost the ability to touch, we can't see each other's smiles anymore thanks to the masks that we have to wear. There's so many things that are going on right now and yet we see the light and gratitude that can come out of these uncertain times and difficult situations and people helping each other, people reaching out to do things for each other that they may never have done before, getting to know your neighbors, taking care of the kids for uh, somebody who has to work and their kids have to be at home for virtual school. There's so, so many things that are going on that we could point to but we wanted to just discuss on our own experiences, some of those situations and feelings. I think the first thing that came to me was kind of the shock of the situation. And then it was like an adventure for a little while before we got to anger and denial and bargaining, some depression, and then acceptance. But I don't think acceptance, it's not like accepting that this is the situation going forward forever but with some acceptance with hope and also gratitude for the abilities and the situations that we have the shelter that we have if we're still working that acceptance of that as a blessing so going after all of that i'd like to start by asking carol and Conchetta who might like to start
2: okay well and It's as if you came and sat next to me yesterday (laughs) Because everything you said in the introduction there is exactly I I actually said to someone yesterday I feel like I've been cycling through the stages of grief uh, On a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis As I attempt to make sense Which I figured out yesterday is probably not the best way go is making sense of any of it actually just puts me in a big loop and creates a lot of anxiety and so yesterday I I was looking at those stages of of grief and actually what that did for me is it helped ground me and, and, and give me a moment to be able to say okay what am I feeling at this moment and here we go it's that being mindful is coming back and practicing some mindfulness where I could say, all right, I'm right here. I can look around me, use my five senses. Um, And because I have been in the very beginning. Yes, I'll agree with you. It was a shock, but I'm really good in a crisis. So if there's something, if I get a shock, then I take action. So I began to put uh, routines in place and getting used to the, the whole confinement and actually all the way through June even after that we were as they say now deconfined uh, I I was doing well so I thought that I was done with those stages I thought wow I've got this now I can manage this uncertainty really well and I had this image sort of of being on my surfboard going yeah I've learned how to surf these waves. And then July came. And I started having some of the reactions that I hear from other people of, of that they, they had had early on, that, that they were feeling, con- not just, I was going to say confined, but of course they were feeling confined, but they were feeling constricted and that they were, they were not feeling good with this idea of not having freedom or choices and that's what I started feeling in July, and so it was it was this moment of of consternation to, to just sort of sitting there going, "But wait a minute, I thought I was past this and it July taught me that it's a cycle, and that one of the things that has that month taught me is that to continuously come back to Mindfulness for me is, is being aware. Where am I in this moment? Most days I can wake up and say, "Okay, where am I?" As far as in that scale, if I'm going to use the, the Greek grief uh, scale or the the stages, but sometimes during the day it all shifts. Today was a perfect example of that. Is that I I woke up ready to dive in and do all the things that I had planned for the day, and then Somewhere along the line, I hit a wall and there was anger. I thought, wait a minute. Where, no, I don't want to be angry. But that's the next thing I do is that I just, as if I expand this circle around me and say, okay, come on in. So that's, you were talking about the acceptance. And for me, that's some of it as well is saying, you belong here too. All of this, instead of saying, nope, no anger today have anger. Well, it shows up sometimes. That's that's how it's been working for me. What about you, Karen?
0: Well, I was I was going to say there's a lot of uh, emotions that show up continuously, and you're right when you had said that in the early part of this conversation about how you were feeling, how you handle crisis. Because when you said that, it reflecting back in my memory banks. Several years ago, when I was staying uh, staying with you for a few days in Boulder or longmont, and I remember, remember when somebody broke in to your your place, you were amazing you were so amazing how they broke in in the middle of the night, and you were ex- you were so yes. In the moment, mindful, and just how you you handled that, yeah. and it wasn't until you know I mean, I'm I'm sure that you've reflected back on that, but these are all learning points for us. They teach us a lot about ourselves, and even in this crisis that we're dealing with right now, the pandemic, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. all can reach and uh, dig deep and and find strength within us to be able to move forward and to manage the myriad motions that surface. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing how you have, you're seeing in the world how, how people are handling things differently. Some people are, are handling it really, really poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reflecting on it as I was driving to the studio here today. Thinking about what we were going to be talking about, and I was thinking about how nonsensical things are in this world today, and how s- some people are handling it extremely well. This uh, the, the crisis, everything that's going on in the world, and even all of the what seem to be insane kinds of nonsensical thoughts and decisions and actions by by people that are just having such a hard time dealing with. This this pandemic and this this crisis even to the point you, you see it in our political system where there's just absolute nonsensical behaviors and actions and it's it's gotten to a point where you see the extreme where people are are, are much more self-serving because they're feeling lack or losing uh, their their positioning in the world and then you have others that are just embracing this the the change that is occurring. And I just marvel at those that are embracing it and how how they're handling it so beautifully. I Sort of am seeing myself kind of like caught in the middle of it. And I'm just, you know, like sitting in the the theater and watching a movie. (laughs) That's what it feels like. It feels like I'm just watching a movie. And uh, eventually, this movie's going to end, and we'll move on to the next movie
2: <laughs> I want my money back on this
1: one. <laughs> I, 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 no, no, this was too much of a ride, <laughs> yeah. I'm more of a happy ending kind of person, too. But I do look back from both from what both of you have said. I do look back at how. Our experiences of the past and our behaviors of the past come in to serve us. Like I'm like you, Conchetta, I am great with a crisis. But once the crisis is over, then that part of me that feels like I need to take action and fix things, then it's frustrating and it can get to be depressing when you can't have an effect. So what are some of the other behaviors and the patterns of your past that have served you? that have either not come into play now or really come into play at this point. Well, I think Carol points out
2: something, perhaps one of the things that, that, that I have used is, is the witness kind of coming up, being able to sit in the theater, because I know there are moments, like as I was talking about July, this is a pattern for me where Yes, I can do all those things, and just like you said, it's like I'm an action-oriented person. And yes, I can be still, and and yet I get I get a lot of, I guess I I could say it it's a resource for me to achieve. I, I get a lot of energy from from doing that, and yes, from helping people as well. So for me, one of the things that has actually, it's an interesting thing to reflect on is because I moved to France 14 years ago, I've been using, for example, the tools on Skype and Zoom and all of those in order to stay in touch with people. And so I honestly, that actually helped me get through the first three months of this is because I was very comfortable with that. I do miss human contact being in, and and that it is it's, it's it's such a dance to go back to the grief it's such a dance to figure out now how am I going to be with these people even and imagine hearing in France these folks were all about kissing on the cheeks it's really fascinating to, to watch and hear again it's the witnessing of figuring out how are we going to do that how are we going to communicate with each other so some of that for me is, is that I rely on, I keep coming back to this, but it's the witness, just being an observer. And I also, some of the other things for me that I do is make sure that I keep moving. I exercise every day in some form or fashion. So that, that way, whatever energy that I have that seems to feel or that gets lodged in my body or I feel like I'm not moving, moving forward or doing something, then, then I make sure that I move it for one thing. Mm-hmm. My go-to has always been nature, so even if it's just a matter of getting out and,
0: and looking at
2: something green, I'll, you know, I make sure I do that. No, well, I have lots more, but I will yield the floor to care.
0: Well, I have to say, like you, Conchetta, I'm very comfortable with all of the, the tools of operating virtually, basically. and. I, I can't say that I have really any less connecting with people, even physically, but I will say that I'm very comfortable not having as much contact, well, let's put it that way. And I can certainly see where you're coming from, where, where there's a lot of people have, have difficulty with that because we are such an externally facing world. Uh, that's what people thrive on. They, they thrive on, and that's just, a, you know, the typical personality types that are out there is that you've got to be go, go, go. You've got to be out. You've got to be doing something. Then comes to a screeching halt. That turns everybody upside down. And I have to admit for myself, it's been business as usual for me, but that's just because of my lifestyle. But I used to be in that kind of world all the time particularly when I was, you know, working at a, a nine-to-five job, which was not a nine-to-five job, you know, in, in the corporate environment. And I feel people today, and and the one thing I just, anyone who's listening out there, you know, take, people keep saying, hey, take the time to, you know, quiet the mind and focus on some things that you wouldn't normally take the time to do, you know, find find things that have meaning and purpose for you not just lip service that really there's there's so much wisdom in that and i think there's too many people still that are fretting over what is happening and and there's just fear and panic that is still still spreading and that's why you see you know people organizations rushing back to try to get things back to normal even sending kids Back to school, and and then they're just having to backpedal because they're knee-jerk reactions. Because they they want to get things back to normal. What they need to do is to start finding new solutions as to how we exist in the world today, as it is. Because this could go on for the for for a while, and. It's going to move us into, if we allow it, not quit resisting, but take the opportunity, embrace it, and find find new ways of being as opposed to clinging to what life was like before all this. Uh, I think that we'd be a lot better off. I'm not sure how many people can actually do that, but I think that's what we need to do.
2: true. True yeah and and I just wanted it brought something else up for me is that it it you' it just occurs to me again about the the stages of grief and how after a death, we want to get our lives back to whatever normal was, but it can't be that person that experience, whatever is done, and so it's it, it's that frustration of, of having to hang out in what feels uncomfortable, and again, to talk about what has helped me in the past, and, and it's, it's a practice, and so for those people who think, oh, well, I, I have to get it right away, in other words, suddenly, here we are, confined at home, and I've got to feel okay about this, well, it, it is actually a practice, because hanging out in what feels uncomfortable is not well. I should say, unacce- it's it's unacceptable. It, at least that's what I've been exploring lately. Is about the, that we we created. I have for myself and and in society in general. This is my certainly my point of view is that we've created something that says you must be comfortable at all costs. And the issue for me has been over these this first six months of 2020 is that I'm learning more and more about how to hang out with feeling uncomfortable. And what I'm finding and what has finally happened in August is this, there's these moments of, oh boy, it's even hard to get it out, peace and calm that I feel inside of me that have been, un- that's unfamiliar. And so when it happens, I go, oh, is there something wrong with me? But I've had a meditation practice for most of my life, and that's what I've been trying to get to, isn't it? <laughs> so, so that's what I want to say when when people are saying, "Oh, I can't do this." I have to, we want that normal back. Well, this is normal. It just takes some time to get
1: used to it. Mm, exactly, and that brings up the idea of resistance and surrender. So I feel like sometimes resistance even if it's uncomfortable, can be valuable, just as surrender can. And in the analogy that came up when you were just speaking, Conchetta, I think about the oyster and the pearl and the sand, the grit that creates that beautiful pearl. It is uncomfortableness that sometimes creates the space for new ideas, new ways of making a living, new ways of thinking. And I know it takes Getting away from the daily media, getting away from what is irritating sometimes to get to a space where you can meditate. And I just want to put in a plug for our website for Hearts Rise Up because there's two excellent meditation on there, one for sleep and just one general one that will help somebody in a guided meditation to reach a little little island of peace, I'll call it. But any kind of method that you use, whether it's running, gardening, meditating, if you can spend a little more time in that, that's what's helped me, then it gives you time to think and maybe come up with new ways of doing things. And it has also helped me look at the future and say, what was I striving for before COVID and what's changed and what is really important going forward? And to focus on those really important things like family or maybe making a career change or maybe just finding something that makes you feel creative so that you find some joy. Definitely.
0: Yeah, and I think that what happens uh, is when you let go of the oars, the boat rights itself. And that's when things really begin to flow and you flow with it. And as opposed to fighting the, you know, fighting it or resisting. And when we allow things to to flow, uh, that's when the universe kind of comes back to us and is always, you know, working for us. It's, you know, the universe is never working against us. If we just know what direction that we're going and even just trust the fact that uh, even if we don't know what the direction is, just trust our own inner knowing Mm -hmm. and don't worry about uh, so much about the how because the universe takes care of 90% of the how if we just have our attention focused and and our heart in the right place to be able to uh, deal with, you know, any circumstance that arises, particularly what we're dealing with today in our world. A part of it, too, is something that Cheta had said uh, earlier about leaning in and leaning out. Can you share some tips on how to let go of those oars? To let go of the oars, I have to lean into whatever it is that I'm resisting and allow my mind space to just be with that to just sit with it and then i for me i that's when i start to feel shifts in my pers- my perception and my perspective of what reality truly is and that's that's basically how i how i do it what about the
1: two of you for me i mean my career has been that of a volunteer coordinator for many years. And I find working with myself and with other people that doing something selfless, something of service to others, it just takes you completely out of yourself and your mm. cycling of your mind, you know, and in, in what your perceived problems are. And it, it just really balances me. So that would be one of the things. And also, like Conchetta said earlier, getting out and moving Mm -hmm. and whatever kind of exercise that you can do. It just kind of resets. How about you, Conchetta?
2: I I will agree with that again. And I also agree with you about helping others. And probably the beginning of, yeah, it's probably in March, we had another stray cat show up. And initially she would run away whenever she even she would be at a far distance watching us and then you step outside and she would be gone so quickly there was no way of getting to her and so i kept putting food out and then the next thing i know she's weaving in and out of my leg and i have found that and we do we have another indoor cat but i i found that it, it, in my view she showed up at the right time because in taking care of her and the, the small milestones that occur, such as when she jumped in my lap or she's allowed me to pick off ticks because she, she definitely won't come and stay inside. Um, even helping animals, even taking care of your animals, I have found is, is a super way of getting outside of myself uh, and and being able, so feeding the birds. I mean, I, of course, I love watching them, but just, <laughs> I would go to our local bakery here and say, well, do you have any stale bread that I can give to the birds? I just felt so good when they would show up and enjoy themselves. So, it can be something like that, really, to help shift your own energy. Is You even said it, gardening, You know, being able to, to watch things grow and certainly taking care of them. That's an important step. And we were talking about leaning out as well, I have found that sometimes watching a movie or watching a program, just listening to, um, well, I'll have to say it, a podcast, even if it's 30 minutes, to me that's leaning out a little bit because you can get wrapped up in trying to figure out how, as Carol said, that it's best not to be working so hard on the how of something and It can be also during that time when the universe gets to do its work, when we put our feet up and just relax a little bit.
1: That's true. For me, the relaxing is reading. So I try to find something that is uplifting or something that is like a fantasy that just takes you completely out of your current situation. And it just calms me.
0: So it makes me feel, feel good. And Carol... Yes, ma'am. I would say reading does it for me as well as meditation, just quieting my mind. And I find that I'm doing a lot more of that lately. And that is certainly helping me to keep things in perspective. And it's helping me also to be more cognizant of being in the moment, being in, you know, just being in the moment because this is all, all that we actually have, you know. The past is the past; it's it's dead and gone, and the future is you know somewhere kind of mysterious out there. So all we really have is the here and now, and make the most of it. It it, it truly is. Uh, it's a matter of perspective. It's it's still a very beautiful world, despite all the nonsensical things that are are going on in it. It's still a world of uh, beauty and purity and love. And, and that's what I choose to see that uh, it's a choice. It's all, it always boils down to a choice and we all have to look at and think about the choices that are going to keep us moving forward.
1: That's right. And that keeps us from worrying about things if we can be in the moment and kind of like be like those, uh, our pets and our loved ones or the birds, you know, do they worry about, well, who knows? Maybe they do worry, but do they worry about yesterday and tomorrow? No, they're in the moment. No, I, I can tell you that this cat, all she's,
2: she, when she shows up, she's like, just put some food in the plate and I will gladly let you pet me. <laughs> so I think no, no. <laughs> I think that's a good point
0: i know i've been noticing that sometimes i wish i was just a dog or a cat because i they're they're always in the 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 present there's you know they're not thinking about the past or the we future we can take lots
2: of clues from them dogs mm-hmm. are just full of unconditional love aren't
0: they they
1: are they are and Conchetta, you had mentioned something about the 90 10 rule you want to elaborate on that a little bit more well, I think
2: both Carol and I were talking about that. I was just reading something this morning that was um, talking about that, the fact that we ha- we are in partnership with the divine. We're in partnership with the universe. And if we a partnership implies that we're in this together. And so if we're trying to do everything, then we're not giving room to our partner. And in essence, for me, what that means is that I can say, I choose the outcome to be, fill in the blank. So, one of my my things that, one of the phrases I use daily is, I choose the outcome of being healthy. And what does that mean? Where are my action steps in there? Well, my action step is to move. My action step is to eat as healthy as possible. My action step is to take vitamins and other things that I might need to and enhance my, my body. What I count on the universe for in, in that particular example is if I need some information. It is certainly I can go look for things, but sometimes I need to be taken out of my routine as well. So I count on the universe to send me people who are going to tell me things or I'll read something about, um, I didn't even know I had a symptom until I read something that said, oh, that's a symptom of fill in the blank. But I, I count on, on the universe for things like that. Now, that, that's just a, a simple example. So for me, it, it means giving room for miracles, for things to, have, to show up serendipitously, which so often they, they do. And it's. When I leave room for that, then I can actually hear my heart. I can hear the universe speaking to me through my heart.
1: That's beautiful, and that is that is always dependent upon our awareness of those synchronicities because sometimes they're happening to us left and right, and we're just not not aware, so we have to be at a place of stillness and peace and also putting it out there, like you said, to be aware of those gifts as they come to us. And then to take action on them too, not to let that go by, that opportunity go by.
0: And I think we need to have a, a little bit of self-control. And what I mean by that is, you know, self-control through awareness. Once you become aware of something, then you can catch yourself and you can redirect your thoughts. You know, I think that's where the ninety ten rule can come into play as well, because if you are you know, just redirecting your thoughts, the universe will respond to the, the, the redirection of those thoughts, and particularly if you continue to focus and put your attention on that. And that's uh, another, I guess, example of the 90-10 rule. The universe always has your back.
2: Mm-hmm. You were talking just a little bit ago about Well, no, you're you're actually addressing it right now as well, is that we do have a choice about our thoughts. Certainly, thoughts come up. They always do, obviously, sitting in meditation, hoping for one of those moments of bliss where I'm not thinking about anything. Well, speaking of the 90-10 rule, it's the 10-90 rule. (laughs) Most of the time, I've got 90% of the time there's thoughts, and 10%, uh, or maybe some days 5%, I have no thoughts. But I have a choice about what I do with those thoughts. And that was, that's another thing that has helped me along the way. When I think about what, what helps me is to be really aware when I'm slipping into victim talk. And that's things like, I don't have a choice. I'm confined here. It's true. The government has said, for your safety, we want you to stay home. But I do still have choice. I can go out. I can do what I need to do. Uh, there's ways. So, so I'm just using that as an example that this was one of the moments that I had to switch the way I talk or the words I speak. It's it's important to not speak. Well, it it is important to be aware of what you're saying to yourself and to others. And so, I
1: find that that, that has helped me is um, just to be aware of when. I am using victim speak. That's a perfect, perfect situation. There's so many people, including myself, sometimes that you get into a cycle. And I know just the other day, Carol and I were talking and there seemed to be something going on with electronics and with technology and just nothing was working. And it just became so frustrating. And it, it, I became in part of that victim mentality, like, oh, I just can't do this. So just taking a break from it and going outside and it happened to have been raining and the sun was out and it was a beautiful rainbow. It just totally reset my whole day. But yeah, sometimes you need something that breaks the cycle or that you have to say, okay, I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. Let me try something else and come back to it. Mm-hmm. And
2: and I, it goes back, as I was talking about my day where the anger popped up, It's it's also a matter of Taking a breath and giving room for whatever has showed up, uh, regardless. It's not always easy, but just like you're saying, if you just give room for, to it and you hear yourself saying, oh, I just will never, I'll never get this anytime you hear the word never and always. That's my, when that comes up in my sentences, I go, wait a minute, what's going on here? And that's a good point to switch whatever you're doing. Just do something different for a moment. Um,
0: exactly. That's great advice. You might have a rainbow. Yes.
1: Well, one thing I wanted to talk about just as we're getting towards the end here is that some of our patterns and our routines have really significantly changed and not, they're not always bothersome that it's been a change. There's new, finding new ways to do things, but just some of them are just conveniences. like. For instance, I used to enjoy going to the bank and going in and seeing the tellers. Now the banks are all pretty much closed. You have to make appointments and just do drive-through or do automatic teller. And I also used to like turning in my change. Well, there's such a coin shortage now. I thought they would want my change, but nobody seems to want to deal with money anymore. Everything's electronic. Same with shopping. There's a lot of people who are very comfortable with ordering online and it's a great industry now, in logistics and transportation. So that's a positive that's coming out of it. And people don't have to go shopping. But as a former retail person, I see there's a lot of uh, change and not always perceived as positive in the retail world. But what are your thoughts on some of the routines that you've had that have changed?
0: And are you happy about them or missing the old way? The less that I have to physically do, get out and do things means I have time for more constructive things in my life, <laughs> believe it or not. It was like yesterday, I had some running around to do. I went to the chiropractor and, and I you know, I had some other places I needed to, to go just uh, after that. And it takes so much time. That if I did if I if I can save myself that time, I would prefer to do that. And ordering online, ordering more through uh, you know online stores, just frees me up for more constructive things. Uh, so I, I do think that the you know, things are shifting in terms of how how we get things done and how we live our lives and. It's not all negative. There's a lot of positives that are coming out of this, and it's good. I look at it as uh, as something good. And you, Chetta?
2: Well, I have mixed feelings about it because, similarly, I because of the traffic that has increased here, it, it takes longer to get things done if you're going out to do that. With that, we so we've we've created a. Um, middle ground, which is that we will order and we have, um, a, and do pick it up at the drive through so that we don't have to spend as much time inside the grocery store. The downside of that is that, unfortunately, we've had some problems with chicken that has spoiled and we hadn't had it that long in the house. So that kind of thing it makes it a little more troublesome in as in far well that's we need that to obviously it's unhealthy for that to be the case. And it seems more difficult to deal with that after the fact to kind of prove, well, you know, what did we do that caused the chicken to spoil? That kind of thing. So on the one hand, I love the idea of being able to order online and go pick it up. However, I miss the activity of actually the the visual uh, pleasure of going to markets and picking out my own produce. And I I do like going to smaller stores, which is great. Um, But here again, the the thing that comes in is that people who are not physically distancing, and, and I want to continue to do that, so it's it it is for me. It's a catch twenty two. If I go out and I'm going to go to the stores, then I'll need to be okay with whoever's going to be around me, because I'm not in control of them. I don't. I think it's a. It goes back to what I was saying just a, a few minutes ago about a choice. So if I can keep it in mind that I have a choice, then I'm I'm seeing this always a really positive experience. Plus it is putting us back in touch with our food, meaning I'm spending, I'm, I'm thinking more about um, the impact of the packaging and, and those kinds of choices that we're making. And, and I, I really love the idea of what you said, Carol. Is it just, yeah, it frees me up to do, to do more things like writing and, and, uh, and taking care of, of the garden and those kinds of things. So, and Anne, what about you?
1: One of the things that I've found is I'm trying to be more creative. So I've been doing more in the garden. I'm trying to learn to play guitar. I'm doing some other things with the time. I would have probably gone out and done more shopping or social type of things. I've also learned to appreciate the technology. I wasn't really into Zoom and all the other virtual meetings, but because of work, I've become pretty adept at them and I've joined book groups and other discussion groups and even my Toastmasters public speaking group are all online and it is it's delightful to be able to see people and continue the activities without worrying about the drive or what time of day I could join a Toastmasters group in your city Conchetta, if I wanted to and uh, all over the world so those are some pluses there's still a little bit of sadness in the actual physically not being able to shake hands or give a hug and that kind of thing. But we will adapt. We will adapt to that. And I do hope we can come up with some see-through masks more so people can see people's expressions.
2: You made a good point with that. I I meant to say something before because we were just out today and we went in the grocery store and, and today it's mandatory that we have to wear a mask. All the time now, when we go out, and, and even if we're walking from our car, and so in the grocery store, I'm used to smiling at the, the clerks, and they are too. I realize I'm smiling behind my mask, but they don't know. I, I'm I'm thinking to myself, well, I need to smile with my eyes, but they're taught, and, and and we're having to learn to speak to each other and not just smile. So it's a, it's an interesting what, what you're talking about is that yeah, we're having to create new ways of communicating.
0: I'm experiencing, I was going to say, I'm experiencing the same thing as you, Conchetta. Yeah, I think we can learn, we can learn
1: to smile with our eyes and it does force more conversation, which is a good thing. So I think we are all adapting and we are all coming to terms with the changes that are coming. I think the majority of change will be good. It's just that nobody, not nobody, but most people don't enjoy change and the process of change. So I think if we can all be patient and also go within and try to make sure our own spirit and our own mental processes are at a place of calm that then we can deal with whatever comes
0: next better. Sounds like a plan.
1: So anybody have any final words before we close out this wonderful conversation today?
0: I'm just going to
2: say that I would invite our listeners to have a look at our website, have a look at our Facebook page, contact us if there's something you want to talk about, if there's something else you want to hear from us and know that we're all in this together and we have some great tools that we can offer to you and can help you with.
1: Yes. I wanted to ask Carol, if you would just give a little preview of what's coming up with the heart resonance primer too, because I think that will be a valuable, valuable tool for people that are in need of dealing with this change.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's a five week course that that's in development right now. We're just putting the finishing touches on it and it's going to be a live program where we're going to be taking a group of people and anyone can sign up to it. Just go to heart resonance primer at the top of the menu on um, on our website heart resonance primer is is on the menu and it's our site is heart heartsriseup.com and that program is uh, designed to help lay the foundation for creating more coherence and balance in uh, all the different areas of your life and it covers areas like meditation, movement, improving your mental fitness, things around environmental harmony, creating more more harmony in your environment, uh, getting more in touch with your environment. And it covers relationships and a few other things, all those different areas of our life that have a tendency to get out of coherence, and it's creating daily practices and habits that are going to create greater balance. And it just really lays the foundation for further work down the road on a personal development standpoint. So it's uh, it's a program that we're gonna be launching in the fall, and we're also going to be launching a, a community called Hearts Rise Up, and that community will be part of that program on a Mighty Networks platform. There's more that will be coming in that regard. So stay tuned.
1: Wonderful. I can't wait. And then Conchetta, if you, if our audience needs something that is deep, useful, and light, please check out our Conchetta's OST blogs. Conchetta, will you tell them what OST stands for? Yes,
2: that's our Occupy Sanity Tools. The title was something we developed Several years ago when the Occupy Wall Street phenomenon was happening and, and we thought, well, we need to occupy our own sanity. And so we just came up with some tools and some ways of being in the world. And so each month we you with a tool and give you some guidance on how to implement that tool in your life.
1: We sure need those now. So we'll watch for the next ones from you. Mm-hmm. So my Hearts Rise Up sisters, we will close out for today and please listeners, check out our website and let us know your thoughts and some of your tips and techniques for being in the moment and rising up. Thank you all. Thanks Anne for
0: hosting this session. Yes, thank you Anne. My pleasure. Everyone keep rising up. We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive.